0: He endured that, and uh, he never made it to the promised land because of one thing he did, uh, and and the people never made it. Anybody that was twenty years and and uh, older would uh, perish in the wilderness; they would die out because of the sins they committed. And the the one sin that that uh, always reminded me of the of this broken hope thing is that when they were there two years, that God had taught them all they would know about God. They knew more than anybody about, about God on the planet, and God. Asked them to go, promised years, taught them everything. Go. They refused to go. Yeah, they spies over. spies come back. Twelve of them. Two out of the twelve were very positive, wanted to follow what God did, trust trusted God with their hope, they trusted God with. What they told them He was going to do. The other ten turned against and caused the whole nation to fall. And so for that reason, God would not allow them into the promise. They would walk in the next 38 years, uh, walk without, with just a broken hope. They knew they were never going to make it. And one by one or a hundred by hundred or a thousand by a thousand, they would die daily. Out of millions of people, they would die daily. And every time they've died, it would be that picture of no hope, broken hope because of the sin they lived in, what they did to God, broken hope. And Moses would have lived with that. He would have saw that. But, but he... He had hope in God. He had trust in God. His hope was never broken. He had that. And he sat down. I could just imagine. Talk
1: about where he was at. And the, 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 the heartache in his heart would have been overwhelming.
0: It would cause you to have broken hope. But because of his hope was always in God, he always put all his hope in one basket. And I got these eggs up here. You ever heard the term, don't put all your eggs in one basket? My dad taught me that many years ago because of a business I have. He's, he's, don't put all your eggs. In other words, don't work for one person. Make sure you spread your work out. So you can have, if something goes wrong with that particular contractor, you have somebody else you're working for. And so we'd always say, and I always remember that, but with God, our hope, we want to put all of it in one basket, because the basket is Jesus Christ. I'm able to put every aspect of all my life, no matter what it is, in one basket. I don't have to separate it out to, to put it in different departments in my life. I can put it in that one basket, because that basket is all I need, Somebody said God is good. God is good all the time. Amen. He, all the time. So I can put all my eggs, everything about my life, into that one basket. Now, the world tells us to separate. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But God is different. He is where I put all my hope. I'll tell you, I love people. I love the world. I love it all. But when we start to put things in different baskets... It will fail you. Everybody agree with that? It will smack you in the face. It will leave you. It will fail you. It will do all kinds of things. But my God won't fail me. He won't. So we, we have to learn, and we learn through the Word of God, of how to hold those things in place through Him. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Lord. I thank you for Psalms 91. Father, I thank you for your Word and your truth. I thank you for the promises that you that you leave us with, and those promises bring hope. So Lord, as we go into this season of uh, celebrating your birth and the church, Father, we just ask you, Lord, to bless our hearts that we may help others through such trouble and turmoil in their lives, that we are the chosen ones, that we are the ones that are supposed to speak out, to love out, to be out, and to go out. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Numbers fourteen twenty nine. This is what I just told you. We'll read it. The, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall and this is God me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from the twenty years and older and above, except for Caleb the son of somebody. Give me that name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh huh. And Joshua the son of none. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore and I would make you dwell in. But you, but your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. That's God speaking exactly what's going to happen. Guess what happened? Exactly what he said happened. It's written down in history for us to to pick up and and to learn from that. It's not something phony. It's not something fake. It happened just the way God said it. We can learn by it. We can grow by it. Or we can be like the Israelites and die by it. We can have hope in our Lord and Savior. Now, there is a, there is, we have a, there's one, one thing out there that, that continually tries to, to tear us apart. Hope is found in our identity with Christ. Satan's goal is to strip and steal your, our hope in Christ, causing such hopelessness that God's promises are rendered useless. When, if Satan can steal your hope, then all the promises of God, over 7,400 and some, all those promises become hopeless. If Satan could just rob, and I'm going to use that word. We're going to look at John 10, 10 here, and I'm going to, it says here, the thief does not come except to steal. Now, the thief is Satan. He doesn't come except, everybody say to steal. Steal. What's he stealing? What? He's going to steal your hope. He's going to steal your, your, your hope, your love, your, your trusting God. That's what he comes to do. So every time you you start to get a a heart that doesn't have hope or love in it, that is Satan coming to steal it. Every time you think you've got to separate your life and all these different baskets, that's Satan saying, no, you can't trust God. He's not going to say, but yet God's word you can trust. He's given it to us over and over again that we can trust. I've had many things happen in my life, but I can always trust God. The thief comes to steal. So a lot of you, including myself, Satan has stolen from you. And and not only has he stolen from you, we've allowed him to steal it. We've left our guards down. We've allowed him to steal that. And Everybody say, and to kill. Kill. What's he killing? He's killing your hope. He's going to steal it. If he can't steal it, if he can steal it, he'll kill it. He'll kill your hope. He'll kill it. And to destroy everything about it, where you don't even want to return to God. I have come that they may have life. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come into the world that they may have life, that we may have life, that we, we can get by these things. And it also says there, everybody say, more abundantly. So you got two foes here, or one foe and one, one great God here. you got Satan that wants to steal and destroy, and you got the God that wants to heal and make you new and keep your hope in place. It's funny that we choose the the first of the first, first one more than the second ones. The whole world does. Hope's way, Psalms 91. Let's see what we can go here. Moses' hope was always found by, by staying in the center of God's protection and promises. Moses' hope was always found by staying in the center of God's protection and promises.
1: Where else is hope? Where else can you find hope?
0: In the center of God's will and protection and promises, That's where we find our hope. Anything else, and we're going to show you in a minute, anything else is, is going to eat at it. He who dwells, 91.1, these first two verses are very important. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Moses is talking about himself here. Now we talked about The secret place is the Holy of Holies. It's right in the very center of camp. These millions of people are surrounded. And right in the center of camp is the Holy of Holies. It would also be where Moses lived, the tent next to it. He would live there, right in the center of camp. Right in the center of where God's will is. Now, if, if Moses is telling us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The, the shadow of the Almighty is the cloud that would hover over all of Israel, all the, all the millions of people that would keep the sun, the bright sun from the desert to destroying them. It would be the cloud of God. And it would hover over this tabernacle and all of Israel. It is the shadow of the Almighty. Now, it first says here the Most High. And I wrote something down here this morning. Let's kind of illustrate on that. The Most High means it sees all. He sees everything. God is the most high in your life. He sees everything about your life. He sees when your hope is starting to be stolen and killed and destroyed. He sees it, and he moves in, and he tries to repair it, and he wants to repair it, if you allow him to do it. The next one is the Almighty. He does all. He prepares everything to heal all things. It's God that does those things. So he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can you imagine him with all these millions of people and all the things he's gone through and he can write something like this down because he's praising God. I'm in a little church and sometimes I get so overwhelmed i just like, I'm done! But yet Moses can hold on. Why? Because he's a man of God. He has learned to trust God. I don't even have a thimble full of trust according to Moses' had. He
1: can do it
0: wonderful person to look up to. The secret place, the most high, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How many of you want to abide in the shadow of the Almighty? You want to be there. Amen. You want to be there. Especially when, when the Satan is so eager to destroy and kill and steal. In, 20, in the 2, it says, and I will say the Lord, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. My refuge. That's a, that's a place where you go when, when the battles are, are right before the battles, and you know you you know what's going to take place. He's my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. That God is like a God of, a God called Helium. He'll, I can't pronounce the name. And it's a it's who will all it's a personal God. It's an intimate God, a, a loving God that, that you have come in contact with that you you know through a relationship that he loves you deeply. So he says, I will say of the Lord. This is what he says in all the things that he's seen, and all the things that are going on around him, and all of us, like all our lives. We say we have all this stuff working around us. And but Moses can write it down, and you can too, and so can I. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God. He's my God. He's not a distant God. He's my God. Everybody say, my God. My God. God. In him, everybody say, I will trust. Now, all the millions of people around him did not trust God, but yet he can say this. In him I will trust. As he watches the people, he's that he's the pastor over these millions of people. As he watches them die off, he still can say, I will trust you. I know your word is true. I know it. Verse 3, we start a little different phrase. And it's going to, uh, this is called the snares of broken hope. Moses will kind of get out a little warning here. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And two, I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. And three, surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the perilous of the pestilence. The snare of the fowler, that would be a bird and the snare would be a net. That, that Satan has got set out for you. Maybe a few temptations. Maybe a few different friends. Maybe a few different places you went to. Maybe, who knows, maybe some finances. Maybe this. It's a, it's a snare. It's a net that, that Satan wants to destroy your hope. Because see, if he can destroy your hope, he can destroy your love for God. He can destroy your whole entire life. He can destroy you and your family. And he sets out a net of temptations. Because he knows us. knows us he knows our nature he knows what we like we don't like he can't put it in our heads but he can surround things satan can't get into my life but he can sure put things around you just look at this world and everything we live in it's a battle against god and god's people against the church we need to make sure we understand that Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from pressure, because we're under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Because he is my God, he can deliver me from it. For he says he shall cover you with his feathers. Now that that's a that's a who likes a good warm feathery blanket at night. Come on now, Brent, you like it? John, you like it? I mean, I, Vicky's got this new thing called I don't know what it's called. Brad, what's it called? A dougie? That sounds good to me. An eve whats it called, Sherry? A duvet. I, I don't. Is that French? A duvet. John, I have a duvet. I have no idea what a duvet is, but I'm told it's nice. I don't have a toupee, but I have a duvet. Yeah, touche or something like that anyway, she's got that new touffe and, and it, whatever it is. And, uh, oh, it's like heaven itself. You know, like being under the, the feathers of God is like a, a picture that Moses is trying to draw for you. It's, it's a big artist picture. You saying a, a, little, a little bird or a mother hen or a mother bird, she wants to protect her youngs and she puts them under her wings. To protect them from the articles of the weather or the particles of whatever it is. It was to protect them. And that's what Moses is telling us here. And under his wings you shall take refuge. There's that word refuge again. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. In other words... God's word, his promises, is what we're talking about here. The promises of God. If you don't know the promises of God, that's one of the first things as a new Christian you need to start learning. You got, they got books. You can buy little books that says the promises of God. They're all over the Bible. From, from Genesis to Revelation, it's the promises of God. And those are the things that we live by. Those are the things that bring hope alive. It's the promises of God. You shall not be afraid of terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. You've got to remember, this is Moses, and he's writing all these things down after years of, of being in this wilderness and all these people and all the things that are happening, the, the different battles, the different wars. Now I'll tell you something else. As I said, Moses is living in the center of God's will. He's living in the center of all these people, the temple, the Holy of Holies, where we are to live. Now I, I, I'm going to try something this morning. Oh, this is an empty bag. These Ziplocs are cool, aren't they? You know how cool they are? Oh, 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 oh. They're that cool. They're that cool. Now, I think that's how God wants us to live, sealed up. Amen? I think I could just throw this right at you, Brent, and we'd be all right. Should sure. I better not try that. But I, it's sealed up. It's, it's, not, it's not, in other, in other words, because I'm in the center of God's will, I'm sealed up by the promises of God. You know, all the people, I'll put that down there before I mess up. One up. All the people that, that, that live there in, the, in, the, in that, that, that area, that miles and miles of people. You know, Indiana's got 6 million people, and we're probably talking somewhere 2 to 4 million, maybe more people this time. So the the population of a little less than Indiana maybe. And they're all living in this areas together. Well as they go out, listen to me now, as, as the center of God's will is right there. As you go out, as you go out from God's will, out from the center of God's will, out to the very fringe of where you know God wants you to be, you can be pecked off a lot easier, right? Now Moses is in the center. He's got protection all around him. He has surrounded himself with God's people, in God's will. But the farther we get away from God's will, God's protection, God's perfect place for us, the farther we get to the edge of the fringe where, where the temptation lies, where the things come and take our hope and make it broken. So live where God tells you to live, in the center of his will. He won't let you leak. Amen? Now, in that mindset, we get here. You shall not be afraid of terror by night. Now, I know a lot of people are scared of scary movies and got different things they're scared of. I know Braden's scared of clowns. He don't want no part of clowns. I said something the other day was about some movie came out, some little scary movie, and he said, I don't go to scary movies. He doesn't do it. Well, good for you, Braden. You shall not be afraid of the terror of night. Because, see, on the edge out there, you can get really fearful of the things that are trying to destroy you. But closer you get to God, where God wants you to be, the stronger your faith is, the stronger the obedience is, the stronger the love is. Nor to the arrow that flies by day. It can't reach you. And Moses is sitting there drawing, draw this big, beautiful picture. The thing about Moses is at the center of God's will. That's where the things that come at you, come at you. It's still going to come at you. Moses heard it all. He was also a judge. He had several men that were uh, under him that they would come to him. He heard it all. He not only heard it all from the people, he heard it from God. He heard it all. But he was able to sustain his hope with God. Amen? Because he learned who God was. By the promises of God, he started to to understand God in the only capacity that we can by God's truth. He started to, 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 to see the picture of God and to know the closer he stayed to God, the more these things would come after us, but they can't have that effect on us because we're protected by God. Even in sickness, even in anything, we're protected by God. Little Luke, he's laying out on the basketball thing the other day when we had Braden's game, and I looked at him, his eyes were all sunk in, I told his mom, I said, you got better get him to the hospital. And they took him over there, and the next thing you know, his dad's over there, we're over there, and he's having emergency surgery. You know what? We're protected by God. Amen? I knew what was going on, I saw what was going on, but I also knew God was right there. We're protected by those things. It even made Brighton like his brother for a little bit. Brighton, you sit on that front row. I'll pick on you all the time. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Now look at the terror of night that you might have. Or, or nor the arrow that flies at you by day. And all the things that are coming at you. All the, the temptations. All the, the junk. But it says, nor to the pestilence that walks in the darkness. The things that are creeping out. Trying to destroy your hope, nor to the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Never any nothing can affect you when you're the center of God's will. Amen. You you believe? I mean, do you believe it? It's hard, right? It's hard. It's hard. But I have the hope and the truth of God's word to trust Him in those things. And the more these things come at me, the more understanding, the more opportunities it gives me. For my faith that my hope would stay strong. And Moses in 70 says, a thousand may fall at your side. And maybe that's the people that are dying all around him. I don't know. Or the, the battles they are in. I don't know. But he's talking about wickedness and evil and, 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 and the people out there. Even maybe a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. He's talking about unrighteousness, evil, wickedness, all this around him, he sees it. But it will not come at him because he's in the center of God's will. God doesn't break. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. The reward of the wicked is what we just talked about. The thousands around him, the tens of thousands that are falling because they don't know God. The ones that continue to want to do Satan's work. See, Satan got a lot of demons out there. And I'm gonna tell you, if you don't think the demons are active today, you're blind. I mean, the 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 the, the murders, the murderous things you see of mothers, and I heard of a mother putting a where's the you know, little kids in here? Couple of mother doing something so evil to their her kids here just a lot too long ago down in Florida. It's unbelievable. Mothers can't do that to their kids. Demons do that. Evil does that. It was a show a while back. It was a spooky show and the witch was putting the kids in the oven. And the, you guys remember? I don't know what show it was. I don't remember. I just remember the witch is putting the kids in the oven because she's a witch. Evil demons. People don't do that. Amen. We don't do that. Even our nature could be is evil and destructive, but it's not that. That's demons. That's evil, and it's all around us. We are the church. We are to stand in the middle and the center of God's will and proclaim it to the world. We're not to let broken fingernails stop us. Only with your eyes you look and see the reward of the wicked. I see the wicked. I see it. I see what happens to them. Do you? I see it. I can tell the story. I can tell it. It's the same story from person to person. It's not a hard story. You stay on the path you're on. You're going to have a terrible life. You're going to die and go to hell. That's the wicked. That's what's good for you. I don't care how much money you have, how famous you are. These movie stars are crazy, aren't they? You know what? Ever since I was a kid, Marilyn Monroe, all of them, the same thing. They got all the money, all the, all the whatever, fame in the world. And guess what? They all die and go to hell. And they live terrible lives. They're married nine and ten times. Job Dr. just died recently. How many times was she married? She went through nine husbands and she still wasn't happy.
1: It's because evil, Donna, evil, the wickedness is all around
0: us and tempting you to join in, to steal your joy, your hope. We're at the time right here at Christmas. We've got a little three-week series coming up. It's called The Church. It's about the church. It's called The Beginning. The church is tied. We are tied to Christmas. Amen. We are not tied to Target. We're tied to Christmas. Christmas is about, everybody say, Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's all it's about. Jesus, Jesus, that's what it's about. Verse 9, it says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, he separates out. Because you
1: have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. You can make it. You can have hope. It doesn't have to be broken. Amen. 10. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling.
0: You want protection for God? Just read this psalm. They would read this psalm, especially during the Babylon times. We just got them preaching on Daniel and Jonah. When Daniel were the Babylon times, when Nebuchadnezzar made everybody enslaved, they would they read, they read that quite a bit. They would read it before they went to battles. They would read it before they knew things were going to happen in their life. They would come and they would read this psalm. They would sing this psalm. And guess what? They sang it with their hearts. Amen? You know, Nebuchadnezzar captured Judah, the south, southern, south part of Israel, But it was God that kept them there. You got me? It was God. He lifted up Nebuchadnezzar and allowed that to take place. See, a good God, you bet he is. You bet he is. And when they would come out,
1: they would be a different nation. They would be different. They would be different. No evil shall
0: befall you, nor shall plague come near your dwelling. Because I'm in the center of God's will. I've got his hope. And I know that those things that are coming after me are from Satan. I know those temptations are from Satan trying to get me onto the very edge of where God wants me to be. To pick me off. For he shall give his angels. Listen, now this is, these couple verses here were used by the devil with the temptation of Jesus Christ. And Matthew, for you shall He switched the verses around. He used different words like he always does. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. There's demons out there, but there's angels out there. Amen? And angels, you have a guardian angel. If you know Jesus Christ, you have a guardian angel. Yeah. They're there to protect you. They're not there to force you. They're there to protect you. They're there to, to show you temptation. When it comes, they're say, don't do that. Don't do. You got the picture of the angel and the demon on your shoulders? That is real. Amen? That's yeah. You got that angel whispering in your ear, you know that's going to hurt you. You know that's going to take you on the, the very edge of where God wants you to be. You know it. Why would you do that? Don't do it. Please don't do it. God loves you. Don't do it. That's those angels trying to protect you and help you. You know, when I was young, I, I did some, some, when I was a kid, I remember there's times I did some crazy things, and I think the only reason I'm alive is because of God's angels, amen? I pulled, I remember one time on a bicycle, I wasn't looking at all, and I whipped right out, I was on a busy road on Emerson Avenue up in Indianapolis, I remember I was probably about 10 years old, and I was where I wasn't supposed to be, my parents would never let me around that area. But here I was, just a pedaling away. They'll never know. Had a bunch of kids behind me, and I whipped it out there in the road. Guess what? I didn't even look behind me. Kids were yelling behind me. Car come up here, just locked his brakes up. I come
1: within that far of not being here. God's angels look out over
0: you. God gives us a lot of grace, doesn't he? He gives a lot of mercy and grace. You say, well, all that, that's just the way it happened. Well, you can believe that if you want. I know better. God had a plan for me.
1: It wasn't to get squashed like a pancake, like a fool. And I didn't return back there either. In their hands,
0: in the angels' hands, they shall bear you up, least you dash. Your foot against a stone. So when the temptations come, there they are. Y'all believe me or not? There they are. In your spiritual, in your heart, in your
1: soul. And all around you, there they are to protect you. To protect you. You're not alone.
0: You are not alone in this world. If you are a child of God, I'm telling you, you are not alone. God loves you. He surrounds you with his angels. He shows you things. 13, it says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. What's a lion and cobra? What what does he mean? I'm not, if I see a lion, I ain't treading, I'm shooting. If I see a cobra, I don't know, I'm bucket, put it over his head or something, I don't know, (laughs) play that pipe they play. Try to sue that cobra down. You shall yeah, you shall dread upon the lion and the cobra. In other words, they're not gonna they're not gonna interfere with my life because I'm in the middle of God's will. I'm not gonna fight them. I'm just not gonna be scared of them. Amen? Because I know that lion and cobra is coming to steal my hope. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. The only way you can trample these things and live this way is to believe in the promises of God and the hope in Jesus Christ that He's given us. To put all your eggs in the basket of Jesus Christ. Amen. Put them right there. Now we struggle because we don't, we, we we're like the Israelites. We we some of us are living in the desert, some of us are, are living in tents still. We're not we're not fixated on, on being in the center of God's will. And then we struggle with that. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. You shall tread upon them. That means it's not just a, a, a simple little thing. I mean, that's tread upon them. You shall be in control of them. You shall not
1: lose your self control. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. And these verses here. 14
0: through 16, the last two verses, is the result of God's hope. Now, this is God. This is God. He's starting to speak heavily to Moses here. This is God. He says, because. The big, beautiful word, because. He has set, everybody say, his love upon me. If your hope is, is broken, it's stolen, it's because you're living on the edge of where God wants you to be you got to get over here where God wants you. It's going to be crowded, but it's going to be great. Amen? You know who's here in the center of God's will? Everybody say the church. The church. And those people serving and loving and doing in the church, you're right in the center of God's will. Those people that are are out here in the outer parts, them may be great people, good people, and saved, Maybe they're not living the right life according to God's word. They're out getting close to the, to, the, to the fringe of, the, of what God wants for you, where you can be pecked off and stolen. There's hope and everything destroyed. I've been a pastor for, well, I've been a preacher for a long time. I've been a pastor almost eight years. It's tough.
1: And every time I take my focus off of God, It's impossible. When you take your focus
0: off the center of God's will, you start to open up that beautiful seal. And there's an area where temptation can start to come. Because he has set his love upon me. Everybody say me. Me. Therefore, I will deliver him. This is God speaking. Because my love is for God, God says, therefore, I will deliver him. In other words, you and me. I will set him on high. I will set him on high. On knowing the promises of God. Of trusting God. On obeying God. And having the joy and the rest and the peace that God wants me to have. Amen? Because he has known. Everybody say my name. Now that just takes me back. I'm only going on just a second. That takes me to Revelation, the end of Revelation, where it says names are written down in different books. Amen? One is plural. It means lots of books. And that plural is not the book of heaven. It's the book of hell. And then it says the book. So it automatically tells you that, th- that there are books, separate books. One book with names written down it. The- that belong to Jesus Christ and the other ones that do not have Christ as their Savior. But my name is written in the book of life. Amen? You know how, Billy, you know how I know? Because I asked Him to be my Savior. I actually I asked Him to be my Savior. I, I told Him about the sins, even though He knew them. I told Him about those. He forgave me, and he showed me why he forgave me and how he forgave me through the cross of love. I accepted the facts of his word. I believe it with all I have. God, everything, more than, I believe it. Not like the demons believe it, because in James 2.19 it says the demons believe and they tremble. So Don't tell me you believe. Give me something else. I live it, amen? Say I live it. You live it. You do what the God's word says. You do the best you can. I may not be a Moses, but I'm trying. Trying to live right. I fall short so many times, and it makes me sick to my stomach. But I have a God with great mercy. It says here in 15 again, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in, everybody say in trouble. That's a promise, people. That's one of the 7,000 promises. I will deliver him and honor him. Look at that. That's another promise. Not only is he going to deliver me from these things, but I've got to stay in the center of his will.
1: He will honor me. Now, how's God going to honor me? I'm going to heaven. Going to heaven. My friend,
0: Alvin's been up in heaven for about 10 months now. Nine months. He said he was going to hold the gates closed on me for a few seconds. I don't doubt they give him the opportunity.
1: I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. You say, well,
0: not everybody lives a long life. Children die young and all that. I I understand that. But I'm living for eternity. I'm not living in time. I'm going to eternity. Time doesn't exist in eternity. I will satisfy him. People say sometimes, how come you're not satisfied? How come you're always buying different things? I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with everything. I just got too many wants. (laughs) But I'm satisfied. I help people. I do what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with living right. There's nothing wrong with living good. But are you helping the people you need to help? Are you doing the things you need to do along the way? A lot of rich people out here aren't helping, aren't doing nothing. God's people are to help. Amen? And at this time of year, we're to help. We are the church. We're tied to Jesus. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. When the pearly gates are open for me, boy, I'm, I'm being honored and satisfied. Amen? Let's stand. I think you've got that in your bulletins this week. If you want to go back and study that, that's how I broke it down right there. That's called homiletics, by the way. Words for your week. Words for your week. Hope, I'll go. Okay, that's the first hope, hope. That hope that hope that
1: reaches hope that reaches beyond. All those things around you, look how many letters there are there, Braden.